Hello, hello. I have something super fun for you guys, and I'm not going to take up a whole bunch of time talking here at the beginning, but I finally got to have two of my super besties on the podcast, um, Kate Thompson and Posey Quarterman, who are my co-founders of The Family Narrative and also happen to be two of my very best friends. Um, And I'm really excited to share our conversation today. I have been planning all along to have them on the podcast periodically because I find our conversations about the state of the industry to be really good, even under normal circumstances. But as it turns out, the timing of today's conversation um, made it so that, you know, we got to sort of um, decompress a little bit together and really go through what is going on in all three of our heads around the impact of COVID-19 on our individual businesses and on the industry as a whole. So I hope you'll really enjoy listening in on today's conversation. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin, and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it, and I can show you how. Okay, everybody, I am super excited to introduce you to two of my dearest friends and the two women who I started the family narrative with. Um, I am chatting today with Posey Quarterman and Kate Thompson. Um, Kate Thompson and I have known each other forever and ever. Our families happen to be really good friends. And um, when she uh, started working as a photographer, she was doing a lot of weddings and she was going to go to a conference and called me up and said, hey, I'm going to go to this conference in California. Do you want to join me? And even though I wasn't really shooting many weddings at that point, Hanging out with her sounded like a lot of fun. And there was a speaker at that conference by the name of Posey Quarterman, who I had had my eye on and was excited to meet. So Kate and I packed up and went over there. And um, the rest, as they say, is history. We got into a big conversation about how little quality content was available for family photographers out in the world um, and how we really wanted to have a conference that was out there dedicated for us. And the next thing you knew, we were hosting our own. (laughs) So that has been a few years now, and we have done all kinds of projects, big and small together. And these two women are truly some of the people in the industry who I rely on the very most. But I wanted to have them do a little intro um, of each of themselves as well, because um, both of them do very cool things on their own. So Posey, let's start with you. Hi, I'm Posey Quarterman. I live in Portland, Oregon. I'm going to do that again. What do you want me to do? Just that? This is all going to be on the podcast. Yeah, you're funny. <laughs> I'm going to start swearing. Oh. You just want me to say who I am and where yeah. I live. Okay. No, tell us about what you do and um, and tell us about your class that you teach and, and what some of the, yeah. Okay. Posey, would you like me to start? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> now I have to back up, you guys. <laughs> It feels weird to introduce myself to you. That's all. Um, I'm Posey Quarterman. 
I live in Portland, Oregon. I've been a family photographer for 12 years and I started teaching probably seven years ago, which is when I met you guys, or I mean, which was what led to when I met you guys. Um, I teach a class for Illuminate called Raising a Family Business, all about um, taking care of your clients and all the stuff that goes into having a successful family business behind the scenes. That's not a great description of my class. Um, I mean, I'm sorry. I, Kate, I need you to go. Yeah. Uh, so my name's Kate Thompson. I live in Richmond, Virginia. Um, like Anami said, we've known each other uh, for many decades now. Um, yeah, I started my photography business um, by assisting other photographers shooting weddings. And when I first opened my business, I was shooting weddings exclusively, then started working with families. Um, and over the last several years, have done a lot more commercial and editorial work. Um, Richmond's a relatively small city, so sometimes my work kind of expands beyond where I live up to D.C. Um, and historically, I've traveled a bunch for work, and the future might look a little bit different, at least for the, the foreseeable future. Um, but yeah, I live here in Richmond with um, two little kiddos, a two-year-old and a five-week-old. Um, and I recently, several months ago, started um, some of my own sort of online education for photographers, uh, like a blog and some resources called Learn with Betty. And my business is Betty Clicker Photography, which has its own sort of story. Um, Betty Clicker was a nickname I was given as a kid growing up, and I sort of started my business using that name as a joke, and it just stuck. So here we are. <laughs> That's how I ended up with my website being photo posy, even though that's not the name of my business. <laughs> Do you guys want to hear about how the, so obviously Kate, I have that in common with you that my business has a name that doesn't have anything to do with my name. And that's confusing to people sometimes with mega pixie being my photography business. Um, but I blame it on the fact that I have a hard name and you could Likewise, blame it on the fact that you have such a potentially common name that, you know, Betty Clicker maybe comes up a little bit better for SEO than um, Kate Thompson photography might. But, but before I came up with Megapixie, which um, I tell people, like, I love to hate it. At this point, I can't change it. I've been in business a long time. It's definitely the name of my business. But, um, but there are days when I'm just like, what a silly name that I came up with. <laughs> But there was an even sillier name, the first iteration, which I don't think I have ever told anyone. <laughs> um, now you're going to tell everyone? And now I'm going to tell everyone because it doesn't matter because these things are so, I don't know. It felt like it mattered for a long time and nobody would take me seriously if I told them my business was called. I, so I tell people in, in the bigger world that I live in Chapel Hill, which is essentially true. I can walk to Chapel Hill, but I'm actually in this little tiny town on the side of Chapel Hill called Carborough, C-A-R-R-B-O-R-O. And so the very initial name of my business for just a couple of months before I became a business, like before I went and registered and did all this stuff, was Carborough Clicks. You heard it here first, people. Yes. <laughs> um, and I'm so glad I didn't stick with that one. So Megapixie is what it is, but it could be worse. So, 
Um, just a funny little aside in these bleak times, people. Um, yeah. And so speaking of <laughs> the bleak times, the bleak times <laughs> upon us, um, I wanted to, I'm really, well, let me first say, I'm super excited to have you guys on here. You know, I started talking about like getting this podcast together last summer and my goal was always to have a periodic interview call with you guys. Um, just like this, like a conversation about sort of the state of the industry. And then I didn't actually get around to starting the podcast until February. And, um, here we're recording this. It's the very end of March and like (laughs) a lot, a lot is going on in the industry and uh, there's a lot of confusion out there. So it seems like the most appropriate time to have this conversation, but, um, but yeah, I would love to hear. So we were all together. Um, it's hard to believe that that was only what, two and a half weeks ago, um, for our 2020 conference, which happened in Atlanta. Um, and I think that, you know, miraculously, miraculously, exactly. It happened. Um, if it had been scheduled for a week later, I'm sure the whole story would have been different, but, um, but, uh, Yeah, I would love to hear since that was when we were together and then we left and all this stuff is going on. um, Like, how are you guys feeling? What's, you know, (laughs) what are you, um, what's swirling around in your head with everything happening with staying at home and how that is disrupting our lives and and our business and our industry? Hang on, guys. I have a quick message for you. Did you know that This Can't Be That Hard isn't the only podcast I host? Each month, my marketing director, Dana, and I team up to bring you a fresh injection of marketing ideas and inspiration on our other podcast called The Consistency Club. The podcast is free and available to any photographer looking to uplevel their marketing game, or you can take it one step further and join The Consistency Club, where you get the extended version of the podcast along with monthly email and social media templates, bonus trainings, and special access to the live marketing events we host twice a year. If you're interested in tuning in, you can search for and subscribe to The Consistency Club wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to join us in the membership, you can visit go.thiscantbethathard.com slash club to sign up. Well, I've gotten really good at making margaritas. And this is good. This is helpful. I have a, um, you know, a nice cushion uh, indent in my spot on the couch. And I've watched a lot of Golden Girls. I highly recommend it. You are a Golden Girl girl. (laughs) As far as work, um, I think my feeling is from talking to other photographers as well, that the first few weeks have just been not even really trying to work. I mean, there are some people who have been out there really uh, doing cool projects and, um, and, you know, photographing their neighbors and whatever, which I have done as well. But I just mean to say, like, I have not been um, innovative or creative or had, you know, even, I haven't even like done a ton of website work or the behind the scenes stuff. I think that everybody is so overwhelmed with the not knowing that we needed a few weeks to just allow ourselves to feel that way. And um, I don't know, I am starting to feel like 
I'm hopefully coming out of that and sort of accepting that this is our new normal for a while. And so, you know, we have to pivot and find a new way um, to keep ourselves busy and sane until we can be with people again. Mm -hmm. I told a friend of mine yesterday that I feel like I uh, experience a month's worth of emotions in the span of one day <laughs> right now. It's like such a <laughs> yeah. roller coaster. Yeah. Um, and for me, it was abruptly coming home from the family narrative to uh, zero childcare with a two-year-old and a five-week-old and going from somewhat peacefully spending most of my day like relaxing with a newborn and uh, chipping away at work stuff here and there to suddenly becoming a full-time solo parent of two while my uh, husband works quietly in his office upstairs <laughs> trying not to get bitter about that um so that's been my reality is just full-time parenting and you know if and when I get lucky enough that both kids are sleeping at the same time I can write a couple emails but that's about all I have the bandwidth for at the moment and it's really frustrating um it is hard for me to see a lot of photographers being really reactive right now, I've um, yeah. I, I've seen a lot of people panic, which is understandable. But it, uh, I would love to see more people giving themselves more latitude right now, and a bit more gradually and intentionally and strategically making a plan for how to um, run their businesses during this weird time instead of. Uh, well, I guess I just wonder how many people on day two of, uh, quarantine, like sent out a huge print sale coupon to all their clients. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like many of us probably did that. And, uh, I'm seeing, yeah, a lot of panic and reactivity. Um, and, uh, I hope, I hope we can all just know that we don't need to rush ourselves through this. Yeah. Yeah, my episode last week that I put together was very much that, like there you have to pause and assess and that's really the, the first step. But also there's that weird balance of like, you, ha you have to give yourself space to, to move through that month's worth of emotions in a day for several days. Um, because we are, we're all dealing with so much and so, so much uncertainty, but also this like giant disruption in our lives and all of that requires processing and acknowledgement and all that. But then there does have to be, if we are to have our businesses survive on this, at some point you have to say, okay, I have come to a place where I'm ready to, to start to move forward. And then you have to take action. You can't, you cannot just sort of wait this out unless you happen to be one of those very fortunate people who have eight years worth of savings in your bank account. Um, you know, you have to, you have to start figuring it all out and making decisions. And I think what people get paralyzed by after the emotional paralysis piece, it's like they become paralyzed by the fear of making the wrong decision. And what I was saying before, and what I've said many times in the past is like, I'm not a believer in wrong decisions. I'm a believer in, I mean, most of the time, 
a decision is sort of you're you're putting a stake in the ground and you're going for it. Um, and if you find as you are pursuing that that you know something about what you are doing isn't serving that ultimate goal, and you course correct and you course correct again, and that's I mean that's what life is, right? It's just trying to like figure out what the goal is and and follow that. Um, and we all make mistakes and. Um, especially right now with so much uncertainty, I think that it's expected <laughs> that we're all gonna we're all gonna make some missteps in this. But um, at this point, for business purposes, I think the worst thing you can do really is just get stuck in inaction. Um, and you know, the thing is, our clients are human. <laughs> They know yeah. that we are struggling. They might be struggling. We're all kind yeah. of, I mean, the, the somewhat beautiful thing about this is that it is sort of a universally shared experience. So many things like natural disasters that are um, like geographically isolated, those are, you know, there's like the people who are in it and the people who are outside of it. We're all kind of in this. Yeah. So totally. I think that uh, if we can try to see this, sort of great pause as an opportunity to reflect on what's working and what's not been working in our mm -hmm. businesses. Um, we'll all benefit from it. And that's a truly unique thing. I mean, we, you know, when was the last time any of us and since we began our businesses had this moment to just stop and as much time off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Since we began our businesses, I would no. I think I had plenty of stuff on the books even when I began. It's, it's real hard to wrap your head around not having any sessions. I mean, I have things booked in the summer, but I don't know if they're going to happen now. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's an interesting thing, and I feel like you know the three of us. Obviously, um, we've been in business for a while, and we all made the decision to. Um, sort of diversify our revenue streams. And I think that when things, you know, move on and the, the great pause starts going again, and, and it will, um, we're going to see a lot of uh, photographers and just entrepreneurs in general um, who are going to have to, you know, th this is going to be a wake-up call. It's a wake-up call for all of us in a lot of ways, but as far as it pertains to our businesses, like, you know, diversifying revenue streams and, and making contingency plans. And one, one of the things I was saying last week is that I almost feel like my broken ankle situation last year um, was, you know, if not for right. that, there would have been, I would not have been anywhere near as prepared as I am. And as a single income earner and a single parent, um, I think I would have been in a much more panicky place had I not put some um, some uh, protections in place based on that experience. So um, I'm grateful. <laughs> and I mean, you know, that's I posted a thing the other day on Instagram that was. Um, did you guys see that the abstract Sunday quote that was? Um, no. It was. Uh, oh, I'm not. I'm going to screw it up. But it's like we're in the we're in the middle of the shit. But this is the this is the fertilizer of the future or it will fertilize the future or something like that. And I, you know, I, I have to look at situations like that. Like we grow from hard things. This is how we become better 
uh, artists, better business people, but also better, hopefully better humans. I mean, hopefully this teaches us some stuff about, you know, who we are and what's really important to us. Um, So I'm trying to do my best to pay close attention to my feelings and, um, and sort of my, my fears right now, because I do think that those, um, those are little messages from our deep in our brain (laughs) that tell us like the things that we can work on and that we can focus on, um, not to get too, too philosophical, but, um, so, so yeah, so those are, you know, my thought is like, I feel like on the other side of this, hopefully, I mean, I would love to see more photographers taking their businesses, you know, taking fewer risks in their business as far as like overextending themselves or um, running their margins too tightly. Um, as you know, <laughs> we all know that we are big evangelists for that. But um, do you guys have any thoughts? I mean, it's early yet, but do you have any thoughts at this point about other ways that you could see things changing in our in photography? Uh, one thing I've been thinking about a little bit is um, just as someone who has previously done a lot of traveling for my work, I think at least for the foreseeable future, um, I don't know. I've done a lot of thinking about how uh, we are all all going to emotionally cope with all of this once the dust settles and how, I mean, if people are already anxious, like getting within six feet of one another after two weeks of quarantine, imagine how that is going to kind of spread out once we're all able to mingle and interact and travel again. Um, I think there's going to be some hesitancy and fear about um, hiring photographers who don't live in your area or reaching beyond your local network. Mm-hmm. So I've been thinking a lot about um, what are ways I can focus on my local community and um, the, the work opportunities here. Um, That's interesting, Kate, because I am the opposite of you, right? Like I don't do a ton of travel work. Um, and one of the things I talk about a lot when I teach is just like having a homegrown business, like focusing, I think photographers, thanks to um, social media, can get really wrapped up in the idea of what everybody thinks of their business when they're putting work out there. And I think, and I've always said, like, focus on your clients and your people and your potential clients in your area when you're messaging. Um, And so Uh, Well, I don't, that's interesting because I think a lot of your travel work is wedding work and with family work, it, it's just more often than not, it's going to be in your local area already. Yeah. And I guess I'm also speaking to uh, the commercial work that I do. Commercial. Yeah. I I used this example uh, in a blog post I wrote a couple of weeks ago when all this first started, but um I had an architecture for a local architecture firm call me up um, about a week ago, starting to explore options uh, for, lo- for photographers local here to Richmond. You know, previously they had a New York based photographer that they would fly down for their projects and they're starting to 
realized that that might not be an option for the foreseeable future for both budget reasons and just travel safety issues. And so they're looking at um, more local photographers. So I would agree, like, you know, every type of photography is different and how travel weighs into it. But I think um, I can see, I can see the benefit of focusing local in yeah, more areas than, than one. Yeah. Well, I would say that now is the time to do that, right? It, we're not, I think that um, it's hard to sell yourself or, or feel like you should be pushing your work when you can't book people. Mm -hmm. But now is the time to be putting stuff out there that connects with people who will want to hire you when it's over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. With um, the TFN together and for the listeners who may not know what that is. So at the family narrative, we launched um, or we opened enrollment for a new membership program that we have put forward that is called TFN together that starts on April 1st. Um, and enrollment is only open through March 31st. So if you're listening to this after any period of time, enrollment will be closed. But um but I am leading the first month in that. And my topic is on messaging and, um, and getting your message, your uh, getting clarity in your messaging. And, um, and the final week of that, the sort of what we're going to be working on is uh, applying that messaging to either a newsletter plan or a social media plan. And I think that, um, especially in times like this, it is so good to have the architecture of a plan in place so that, you know, when something crazy happens um, or just when, when anything happens, you have that to rely on and then you can come back to it and you can tweak it. I mean, I wouldn't send out a newsletter right now that didn't have anything to do with our current situation, but <laughs> you know, I take the thing that I already had planned and I modify it and it makes it so much easier for me. And it gives people mm -hmm. that trust that like, I'm there, I will be there. I'm here now. I will be here when, you know, this is all over and, and hopefully I'll stay top of mind. And so I think that, um, you know, to your point, Posey, yeah, keeping, keeping those lines of communication open and being, um, being in touch with people, it, you don't have to be selling to somebody to just no. to remind them that you're there. And the beautiful thing about our business is that we are, it is, it is, um, it's an intimate relationship that we form with our clients, especially people who are hiring you over and over again to come and meet, you know, get to know their families and document that. Um, and I think that for, you know, for those families, they see us as sort of a trusted figure in their lives. And so um, coming back to them that way, I think is, you know, it's good for you on a bunch of levels, not the least of which mm -hmm. is financial, but, um, but it's also good for your clients. So I think that, yeah, I try to, I try to pull myself out of the mind. Well, like I've been at this 12 years, right? So I have clients who are very loyal and who, unless they're absolutely financially not in a place to do so, they will continue hiring me. Mm -hmm. And I've built up my brand and my name enough that if there's going to be work for family photographers after this, I'm not fearful that I won't, you know, I'm double speaking there, but I, I'm sure I will get some of it. I'm not too afraid of that. Right. Right. But I try. So 
because we are now industry leaders as the TFN ladies, um, I try to think of it from the perspective of newer family photographers. And, you know, when people say, how can I put work out there all the time if I don't have work? And, you know, I don't necessarily suggest doing um, a lot of free shoots to build that work. What I like to recommend is just putting anything out there, photos of anything that inspires you. It doesn't even have to just be photos of your children. Putting work out there and talking about it and talking about what you like about it and talking about life and yourself is interesting to people. And if you, you can build a following that way, then you will be in people's minds when, you know, they go to hire a photographer. I mean, it just, I think it's um, now, now more than ever, I'm hesitant to say that, but you can't help but say it right now. Now more than ever, we don't have family work to put out there unless it's, you know, from the archives, of course, but, um, but it doesn't mean we can't stay connected to people. And now more than ever, people want to be connected. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, part of the messaging piece is like, what is it that your clients hire you for? I understand that the yeah. easy answer to that is photos, but like people want, okay, so maybe it's that they, family photos to them signify um, some sort of, I mean, for some people that might be a status thing. For some people it's a, um, it is a box that, you know, they feel like a better parent if they, have you know somebody coming into debt because they can't keep up with it or they can't make photos of their children that are as beautiful as these photos of other people's kids that they see even though they look at their kid and know that they're the most beautiful kid in the world you know whatever the reason may yeah. be like if you can drill down on what it is that your clients deeply need and want when they are hiring you as a family photographer and then dive into that in your social media captions and your, you know, whatever newsletter you're sending out, not because anybody can hire you right that minute, but to, to continue to like remind them why it is so important. And it does right now that messaging, especially for those of us who are family photographers is so it's low hanging fruit. I, I mean, I think we're all feeling this. We're spending a lot of time with our families, a lot more time than we often, you know, in most situations normally do. Um, and there's like difficulty in that, but there's also this sort of beautiful side to it. And I, my feeling is that there are a lot of people who would love to be documenting this right now. Um, and although we can't help them in this moment, we can be right there waiting as soon as we can. Right. Totally. And if, if that thing that your client is hiring you for is aligned with who you are and what makes you unique as an artist and as a business person, you documenting your own life and your own kids right now and sharing that is doing a lot of work. It's, it's engaging yeah. people. And I don't know about yeah. you guys, but I feel like the reactions and engagement and uh, feedback I get from people when I post genuine stories and photos of my own family and my own story right in this moment uh yeah it's so much greater than me putting putting out a client photo right now because we're all in this right. kind of shared headspace of shit is really hard and you know right we're doing our best and what's okay, going on in your house? yeah 
what about people who don't have kids? Well, it doesn't have to be your kids. I mean, I just said your life. Like, what is your what does right. your quarantine look like? It doesn't have to be right. Uh, right. Yeah. I wish mine in- included sourdough <laughs> cinnamon rolls like everybody else on the internet, but <laughs> unfortunately it doesn't. <laughs> no sourdough cinnamon rolls here. We're slinging baby food and yeah, it's very oh fake. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think I said this on the pie. I told my kids the other day, my, and I, my kids are 10 and 14. I told them the other day that uh, they were allowed to come downstairs and have cereal for breakfast and then i was going to pack them a lunch that had to last them until dinner so that because yeah, uh, yeah all this food is just deli- like disappearing from my pantry every day yeah i love that um, no, we're not and we can't go to the grocery store so they have to stop eating everything i know i know i like, sent anami a post that a friend of mine shared yesterday that was like I want to carry a sign around the grocery store that says, I'm not hoarding. I just have three teenage boys. <laughs> I'm sure there yeah. are a lot of people out there who appreciate that. Oh, yeah, man. Um, All right. Well, um, so we talked a little bit about TFN together. Um, I did want to talk a little bit more about that because we've got two more days of open enrollment. Um, and I am just, yeah, I would love to see some of my listeners here jumping over to, to join us there. Um, we are basically taking a monthly approach to progress. So one of the complaints that we always get when people leave our conference is, um, and I should say complaints with air quotes around it. Um, right. We ask quite possibly the only negative feedback. Yeah, we say if we could change one thing about the family narrative, what would it be? And we have many times gotten the response of I had so many wonderful ideas and I left feeling so motivated and inspired. And then I got home and life got started and um, and I haven't done 80 percent of the things that I intended to do. So TFN Together was kind of born out of that idea. And then the other piece of it is that, you know, we have a small conference every year that not many people can come to. So um, so how can we make that more available for people? So we created this low cost membership where you have access to a different teacher each month. We're bringing um, a combination of this year's teachers and some of our most loved teachers from past years um, who are all amazing uh, instructors and also have a lot of experience. And so they create these goals, the monthly goal, that they introduce at the beginning of the month along with a roadmap, which is like a checklist of things to do in order to achieve the goal. It's not a lot of new learning or new content. It's more of an action and implementation process. Um, So the uh, membership doesn't come with tons of bells and whistles. It's intended instead to just be like, it's not a distraction. It is truly like a, this is the time and space that I'm dedicating to work on my business. So that starts, um, in April and we're going to be, I am kicking things off with this messaging month and then we'll move on from there and each month will be different and we have prizes and we've got a dedicated forum. And then the other day we introduced this concept of accountability groups. Um, Kate, since I'm just sitting here blathering on and I love having you guys on here, do you want to jump in and talk about accountability groups a little bit? Sure. I'd be happy to. Um, 
So accountability groups is just taking um, sort of our, our community mentality one step further. Um, and we've created a sign-up sheet that goes along with, once you join our membership, where you enter your contact info, where you live, how many years you've been in business, um, kind of the areas of things you want to focus on. Um, and we're encouraging folks to reach out to one another and create small groups of, I think we said four to five people, um, and hop on Zoom calls once or twice a month and uh, hold each other accountable for the goals that you're working on and how, um, you know, we're hoping this, uh, we, we're also providing uh, templates and kind of worksheets for you to, for this, to accompany the group um, and hoping this just kind of keeps your network nice and intimate and um, gives you some people that you know a bit more personally to kind of uh, keep you uh, on track for getting the goals accomplished and um, people maybe that you go to more directly with questions um, and also just providing an opportunity to meet more people. And maybe even when we're allowed to be around people again, you'll find people on that list that are in your area. Yeah, that was why, in addition to it being sort of like a, it's probably going to be easier for people who are in similar time zones to have meetings, we figured having people's specific locations on there would make it so that later they could go back and check that spreadsheet and um, for referrals and for um, in-person networking in that crazy post-apocalyptic future that we're all excited to get back to. Um, yeah, I'm excited about the accountability groups. I think that, that I'm, it's one of those things, we always joke about how we created the family narrative because it was the conference that we all wanted to attend. And now <laughs> in a cruel twist of fate, we always have to attend as the people running it, which means <laughs> that we are working the whole time. <laughs> um, and now so I'm like setting up these accountability yeah. groups. And I'm like, I want to yeah. join an accountability group too. I want to jump in and I mean, this is your accountability group. I know you guys are the best. <laughs> um, and man, oh man, do we ever set big goals and work hard toward them. So I'm super grateful for you guys. Um, I think the great thing about the accountability group is having um, groups is having people when you have deadlines that you, I don't know, I can't speak for others. When I have deadlines that I set for myself, I can tell those deadlines to fuck right off as soon as they, you know, uh, approach. But if I have told somebody else that I'll do something, um, then I, you know, I actually am much more likely to do it when I owe something to somebody else, when somebody's relying on me. And so um, that, I think that aspect of these uh, is something I'm really excited about for other people, you know, assuming everyone's just like me. Yeah, no, but it, I think that that's absolutely true. Um, and I think it's one of the hardest things about being an entrepreneur is that like, uh, you know, your clients hold you accountable to get your photos edited, but so many people, that's all they ever do in their business is what has to be done, which means that they are missing so many opportunities to work on things in their business that would make their business truly better, uh, better for them, better for their clients, uh, better for their bottom line, all of that stuff. And so that, you know, that was part of the idea of TFN together. And then we're just adding this additional layer, like bringing it into an even smaller group because the, the smaller, the number of people who's like, well, what did you get done? 
<laughs> the more yeah. likely you are going to be to actually get things done. So, yeah, I agree. And, you know, one of the things that we talked about when we started the family narrative was having, when we sort of, you know, made this list of goals for a dream conference. And one of them was just downtime together. And, you know, that's why we have our lunches together and we have um, small group breakouts. And we try to, even though we're, we keep it small for a reason, but then we also try to make the groups even smaller so that people have um, opportunities to connect with each other and, and build these photography friendships, right? And these relationships with people that you might not otherwise get to know. Um, and I always joke that if we could have created a conference, you know, where, and charged people to attend a conference where you were just told you were going to make friends, like that would have been my number one goal. But of course you can't do that. So you have to have teachers and classes and now I'm rambling. Um, but, <laughs> but this is the idea with the forum and then the, um, groups is just building those relationships because I learn the most at conferences from other people I talk to. Yeah. I guess that's what I'm trying to get to. Yeah. And also slowing it down to, yeah, to cre create that space. Whereas at a conference, like it really feels like, oh gosh, I can't go to sleep before two o'clock in the morning. Cause what if I miss something? Yeah. 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 And you know, I mean, I'm so excited to have, it's so ridiculous because Obviously, I'm not excited that we're in quarantine, but the idea that we're going to have this amount of downtime to work on the stuff that TFN together, like when we came up with TFN together, I didn't really entertain the idea of actually getting to do the goals with the teachers Yeah, because I just assumed we'd be doing too much work, you know, and now I'm like, I'm really looking forward to your month next month, which starts in a couple of days, um, no pressure. you know, getting, getting to dig in on all that marketing stuff. And the yeah. first SEO goal that our, uh, lovely kicked friend butt. Carrie put together. It's been awesome. I'm not completely finished, but I started chipping away at it and it's so awesome. It's the hand and holding the through who, the little yeah. steps of SEO that I've always, uh, that have always just sunk to the bottom of my to-do list that are, um, Achievable and, and she's there answering your questions as you're doing mm -hmm. it, and like what incredible timing SEO I mean SEO is the perfect thing to be working on as far as like yeah. get your business or your website optimized for people to find you and yeah it's good totally. so just um, once again if you're interested go take a peek at the family slash together um, if you're listening to this before April 1st you can sign up um, and when you do, you'll get access to that free, that SEO intro goal as well. Um, guys, I think this is great. And I, uh, know Kate that you with a five week old have to have to get back to him. Um, but thanks for taking the time. It is always lovely to, to chat with you guys. And, um, and I am looking forward to having you back on the podcast again when the things that we have to talk about are a little more run of the mill. Sounds great. Thanks. That was this fun. was fun. Let's do it again. Okay. <laughs> All right. You guys have a great day. Love you. Bye. Bye. That's it for this week's episode of This Can't Be That Hard. I'll be back same time, same place next week. In the meantime, you can find more information about this episode, along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash podcast. 
If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by telling a photographer friend or leaving me a review on iTunes. As always, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.